Thank you for tuning into the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. And what a great time in worship. You can bring me now, you can bring me down just a little bit. What a great time this morning in worship. Sometimes it, it, it's tough to experience things when you're not like this is a benefit of being together and worshiping. Like it, it just there's something about it. Like I can't get it unless I'm here, and I'm so grateful that we've experienced God's presence this morning. I'm excited about um, what He's going to continue to speak to us as we continue on in, in our series. We've been talking about being more, that you are more. More than you've thought, more than other people have told you, maybe even more than you've believed about yourself. That's the whole premise because God gets the final say on who you are and he is the author of your story. And as we've talked about the truth of who God says that, that you are and we are, and as we've embraced this direction that the story that he is crafting for us, we've also started talking about how do we live out this new us. Because we can't just keep talking about being new and keep living like the old us. And so we started a few weeks ago about engaging God's word and not just reading his word, but talking about it, allowing it to become a part of who we are and how we live and interact with those around us. And then last week, we started talking about spending time with God. We, we talked about getting alone, get honest, and get refreshed. We looked at how we can do all of those things, how we can pray, maybe some patterns and ways that we can do that. We talked about resting in God and, and finding ways to be refreshed by him. And this week we're going to talk about how we actually walk this thing out day to day, day in and day out. And it is summed up with one word or in one word. And it's with. Because we walk this life out with God and with others. And I know that when we start talking about being with people or, or the thought of community, there are some of us that may feel like, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good on my own. I don't need anybody. And that may be true in some areas. But the problem with not needing anybody and handling everything on our own is eventually it will lead us to a place where we are all alone. And whether we think that or not, whether we think that with was the plan and what God had in store for us, I'm here to tell you this morning that we need it. Whether you feel like you do or not, we need it. That's the title of my message today. Let me pray once again as we look into God's word. Lord, I pray that as we spend time in your word, that it would change who we are. That you would speak to us. That they would no longer just be words on a screen or on a page, but it would be words of life to us. Speak to us today. Lord, help me to communicate your word to your people. And Lord, I pray that as I do it, it would be in such a way that we would hear your voice more than mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we're going to start off real easy today. With was always the plan. If you stick around here long enough, you will hear me say this a lot. 
I like saying this particular phrase because it's true. It's not just catchy. It's true. If you come to a welcome lunch, like I talk about this when we talk about small groups because with was always the plan. See, we talk about being created, created for relationship, and that's true. But it's actually even better than that because it was always the plan. When you go back to Genesis 1, I'm going to read you a portion of one scripture from Genesis 1, 26. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And at this part in the scripture, God had already spoken everything into existence. He said it, and then it happened. The sun, the moon, the stars, the, the land, the water, the trees, the animals, all of that. But when it came time for us, when it came time for human beings, he put his fingerprints all over us. He, he got in, he got his hands dirty. We are handcrafted and God breathed. We weren't just spoken into existence. He took his time on us. He took his time with us. See, it was always his plan to be with I want you to, to see in scripture that we were created for community by community. Let us make man in our image. God exists in three persons in community. We were created for community by community. It's part of who we are. God's desire was to bless humanity and have relationship with them. He gives Adam control of the garden, says work it. Do your very best. Subdue it. Do this, raise crops, take care of all that I've given you. And then as God begins to look around at everything that he had created, when you go back and read the accounts, each day he looks at it and he says, oh, man, it's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. It was good for us. He made all of that good to hand it over to Adam to bless humanity. And as he began to take inventory of all of this, he discovers one thing that's not good. We encounter our very first problem all the way back in the garden. But it wasn't sin. It was solitude. He says it's not good for man to be alone. Because Adam was looking all around and there was no one like him, no one for him to be with. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. Here's Adam in the garden in a relationship with God like you and I have never experienced, in a place of perfection, and there was still a need to be with. So God creates Eve, once again reminding us this was always the plan. With was how it was supposed to be. But that story isn't even enough to show that that was the plan when it came time for God to rescue us. He could have done it in any number of ways to, to set things right, to, to take away our sin. He could have done whatever he wanted, but I love how first, or first John, how John chapter 1 describes it, that Jesus, the word, became flesh, and he dwelt in our midst. He came and he set up shop right where we were. He came to be with us right where we were in the middle of our lives, in the middle of our mess. He chose to be with us. And then he goes even one step further in Mark chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Jesus went up on a mountainside 
and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 that they might be, I'm going to start verse 14 over, you can pick up. He appointed 12 that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. See, he, he not only chose to come and be with us, but he chose to do life and ministry with others. He chose, he understood the power of choice and he called them by name. He wanted to share life. He wanted to share his mission. He chose to be with them. He chose to give them new purpose and new direction. And what we see here isn't just that he says, this is the direction you walk in it. He says, this is the direction, let's walk it out together. And he begins to walk with them and do life with them. See, this verse and this relationship that Jesus had with them wasn't just about sending them. It was also about spending time with them. Because we aren't ready to be sent by God without spending time with God. You see, Jesus did life with them. He walked out the ups and downs, conversations, miracles, parables, confrontations, betrayals, weddings, parties, dinners, all of that with them. And the decision to do this all with them changed everything. They didn't just hear his sermons. They got to learn what they meant they got to understand them. They didn't just witness miracles. They got to participate in them. And they didn't just watch Jesus pray. They got to learn how to pray from him. With changed everything for them. You see, when sometimes we reread scripture so quickly that we feel like, oh, yeah, it was always like that for them, right? It happened overnight. But it didn't. It happened over the course of years together. Because community doesn't happen instantaneously. It takes time. And with takes commitment. You see, Jesus lives with them for three years, walking out how to navigate life. And we'll see a few years later how it actually shows up in how they live with others. In Acts chapter 2, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place today. But hopefully you're keeping up. This is the second to the last bounce that we'll make today. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. This is Acts chapter 2. This all happens right after what Jesus said would happen, what he promised them would happen actually happens. The Holy Spirit comes. The, the disciples are baptized in the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak in other tongues. And as they're doing it, they realize they're not just saying made up things. They're actually proclaiming the gospel in other tongues. And then Peter calms the crowd down. He begins to share the gospel and who Jesus is and repentance for sins is found in him. And at the end of his message, 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus. They put their faith in him on the spot, 3,000. But what do you do with that many people? What do you, 
thanks for coming, go home. I don't know, like, what do you do with that many people responding, asking for how do we live? What do we need to do next? Well, what they did is what we just read in the text. And in response to people giving their lives to Jesus, they respond by forming a community. They respond by making a family of followers. They found a common place and common ground because of their faith. These 3,000 people all weren't the same kind of people. They were from different places, different classes, different backgrounds. And at one moment in time, they could look around and do all of these things together because of Jesus. They found something that tied them all together. And, and I want you to see what this looks like today. So look to your left and then look to your right. And this is what that looks like. That the reality is there are not too many places this morning that look like what we look like. When you look not just in our city, but in our country, there, Sunday morning doesn't look like this for everyone. And what I love about being able to look at you each week is I'm reminded of the goodness of Jesus. I'm reminded of his sacrifice. I'm reminded that he brings people together that have no business being together and doing life together except for his grace, love, and mercy. As we experience it, we get to share it all together. It's the thread that keeps us tied together. And that's what they discovered. And so as they discovered this, they begin to help each other out. They begin to do life together, and their relationships with each other grew. And then they begin to worship together and go to temple together and, and have the Lord's Supper together. All of these things were happening, and it grew their relationship with God. So if we look at community and what we get from it, the benefits of community, we might see in a couple different words. There's change, and then there's growth. People change. Our relationships together change, and we get to grow. Now, now the problem that I have sometimes is when I read that, did anyone else, like, just picture this, like, very peaceful and harmonious group of people? Hey, do you need something? Here you go. Hey, would you like a bite of my sandwich? Here, you can have a bite of my sandwich. Oh, you need something? Uh, like, I figure, like, as I'm reading this, like, I can hear Kumbaya being hummed in the background. It just sounds so perfect. Man, look at, look at the community that they had. And sometimes I'll read that, and I'll be like, but that's not, it's not happening in my life. It's not happening the way that I see it there. So, so how does it work? How do I get the benefits of what they're experiencing? How do I get growth and change to happen here? Well, I think it's, it's kind of hidden in these scriptures that they were doing things each day. They didn't just wait one day out of the week. They were doing things every day together. How many of you, after church today, you're going to go get something to eat? Don't lie. I would imagine, no matter where you go, today may be your birthday, and you go to your favorite spot, and you have your favorite meal. No matter how great it is, I would be willing to bet that all of us that eat after service today, we are probably going to eat once again, either tonight or probably tomorrow, right? Because one meal a week isn't going to carry you through each day. 
But then, hold on, let me, let me get there. Let me get there. You're getting ahead. Stop. All right. And then we come to church. And we walk in. Like, today better be good. I better get fed today. Somebody better feed me. better be fire. PK better preach something good. I'm hungry. I need to be fed. See, sometimes people will, will come and they're like, hey, Pastor man, I'm, I'm just not being fed right now. I just, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And so here's what I ask. I ask, oh, I get it. Like, I understand sometimes we're not being fed, but um, where are your utensils at? If you came to get fed, where are your utensils? And you... Well, what do you mean? Where are your notes from each week? Here's the thing, because if you come in here expecting to get fed, you better bring some utensils to eat the food. You better have a notebook, a piece of paper, and a pen, something to write this stuff down. See, because we'll come in and we're like, man, it's a buffet. I'm just going to take it all in and then realize that what we had was for today. And tomorrow I got to feed myself the next few days. You better be spending your own time with God. See, you can't eat one meal in the physical. You can't eat one meal in the spiritual. And it lasts like that. We need to be spending continual time. And now we walk into community. And some of us feel like we should have community like that. That I come into the church and because we all go to church together and I sit by you, that means that we're instantly best friends. We have these lofty expectations that relationships, life-changing relationships are going to be built simply because I chose to sit by you. But with takes commitment. How did Jesus show the disciples how to respond to that group? He chose to be with them and walk with them day in, day out. He was with them. How did they have this kind of relationship together? They were with each other every day. It doesn't happen on accident. I have to make room for it and make it a priority. If I want community, if I want this kind of, of life to do with other people, again, desire isn't enough. Decisions have to be made. And here's where it's going to hurt for a moment. Because some of us, we have all the desire in the world, but we aren't making the decisions that back up our desire. And, and I'm not saying, this isn't a you thing, this is a we thing. Because you can ask my wife, there's, I, I could sit in the corner of the room and not talk to anybody and be just fine. I'm good. But I don't need that to live life. I got to have people with me doing life. And so here's, here's where we got to make some decisions. I have to say yes to invitations. And then I have to make invitations. Well, no one did this for me. No one, no one's. Did you invite people in? I, I got to do both. I got to say yes and I got to make some invites. I have to stop making excuses. And again, I know it's hard. I know people are mean. I know that some of us, um, close people to us have hurt us. So let, I'm not going to let a stranger get close to me. But I'll never get community if I don't go through the awkward moments of getting to know someone. If I'm not willing to hear their story, if I'm, I'm not willing to, to be a part of it, I know it takes lots of energy. Some of us are, are wired for, you know, relationships and conversations and others are like, stop talking to me. I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, I, I, I get it. 
but we have to find the balance because with is wired inside of us. We need it. We crave it. And so we have to find, how, how do we navigate that? I know it's hard. I know. I know that sometimes you can come into the room and you look around and you feel like, well, I don't see anybody that looks like me. And so, well, I guess I'll just sit over here by myself. And, man, I, I look. And so now all I see is my feet. I don't see anybody else. It's just me. I know it's tough. But this is one of the reasons why we have small groups and why small groups matter. But if I'm honest, and not if, let me be honest. We have incredible small group sign-ups and less than incredible small group show-ups. That's just the reality of it. I'll sign up. I want it. I need it. Call me. Text me. Invite. Ah, I'm not trying to show up today. It's hard. There's always reason. We all have life going on. Community has to be a decision that I make a priority for it to happen. I have to be willing to, to navigate through things. I, I, I have to be willing to get in the middle of the mess of other people because the truth is I'm messy. And relationships get messy. And if we quit on people when it gets hard, at the end of the day, we'll be left by ourselves. So show up. Be a part. we we got to commit. We've got to be in it for the long-lasting relationships because we want them. We want them to be quick and easy. We don't want them to be hard work. We don't want them to be tough. We just want them to happen and be good. But I'm sorry, they only come. Those long-lasting relationships only come with commitment of time and energy. But if we commit, here's the great part. Sits by in church can change into walks with in life. Because I'm going to choose to walk with. I think we need to choose to walk with. Because when life is good, I need some people to celebrate that with me. And when life is not so good, when things are hard, when I'm struggling with my decisions, when, when I'm struggling in other relationships, when I'm at the hospital, when, when I'm lonely, when all of these things are falling apart, I need people to be with me in these moments. And if I choose to settle to just sit by people, if I settle into that, sitting by leads me to complain that no one is walking with me. Nobody showed up for me. I was at the hospital and no one came by. I did all these things and, and no one showed up for me because I chose to sit by. And sit by will always lead me pointing the finger at other people. But walks with will allow us to experience God's love and his presence oftentimes through his people. And then... This isn't just about receiving it. It's about giving it. It's about showing up and not just waiting for others to show up in my world. You know, we, we apply do unto others as you would have them do unto you in lots of areas except for this one. I want other people to show up. Well, are you showing up? No, because people just need to show up. I'm so, if that's what I would want for people to do for me, I'm going to do that for other people. I have to be willing to give and not just receive. I mean, when you go back and look at the scriptures, 
I didn't see where it had a, a sign-up sheet on there for them to drop off meals to each other. It happened because they were with them. And they begin to notice, you have a need. I can help out with that need. Oh, I have something that you can help me with. You know how that happened? is because they were walking with each other. They were experiencing life together. They saw a need and they could meet a need. And here's what changed. And I don't even know if they noticed it. What was important changed. Selfish became selfless. I'm not the most important person anymore. I see the needs of others and I can jump in and help out. They came to the top of the list now. Have you ever seen someone come home from Target or the grocery store and they begin to load up the car? My wife's goal when she goes to Target or to the grocery store is to make how many trips, babe? One trip. She comes in, she'll come in the house, and this is how I know that her hands are full. The doorknob is getting... Because you can't get your elbow over to it because you got 132 bags on one arm. And so you're trying to get the door open. She comes inside, and I'm like, babe, did you need help? No, I got it. And as she drops all of the bags, all of the lines on her arms, and then I see there's blood beginning to come back to the rest of her arms. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. And as funny as that is, that's how a lot of us operate through life. See, Ephesians 6 talks about carrying one another's burdens with is how we see the burdens. Because some of us are like my wife, we're just going to carry them. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to ask for help. Some of us will, will carry the burdens when other people aren't around. And when they come around, we drop them and pretend we never were holding on to them. But we see how the blood is rushing back in your hands. Others of us are great at hiding the burdens. Man, how you doing today? Oh, man, I'm blessed. Okay. <clears throat> with, with is how we jump in and carry the load. It's how things change. The burdens that we're carrying don't have to be burdens that we carry alone. But you and I have to be better. We have to be better at asking for help. And accepting help. It's, it, it's not a sign of weakness to be like, man, I'm so glad you asked. And you don't even have, that doesn't have to come out first. You can just say, thanks. Because now, here's the next part. Like, I got somebody else helping carry the load. And when that burden, when that load is a spiritual fight, when it's a battle, now I got somebody in the fight with me. And, and this is important because this is, this is just part of, of who I am. No, know this. If we're walking down the street, if me and Cliff are walking down the street and somebody come and they punch Cliff in the face, they didn't just punch Cliff. It's on. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to stand there and let Cliff get beat up. I'm going to jump in. And I would hope that if somebody come and punch me in the face, that Cliff don't run away, that he helps me. Not get beat up. 
appreciate it. See, I know I picked the right one. But that's, see, we, we, we have this thought of like battling the enemy and fighting the enemy. Like it needs to be one-on-one. He ain't fighting fair. Stop treating him like he's not the enemy and find some people that's got your back. Find some people that will walk with you and fight with you and pray with you. It's how things change. It's how we grow. James paints this incredible picture in, in, in chapter 5. He's talking about prayer, and, and most of us know this part where it, it says that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Amen. That's the half of the verse. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We're amening that, but this is one of the toughest verses to live out. Because some of us, we don't, we don't want nobody in our business. We don't, people don't need to know what's going on. This is private. I, I get that. We don't want, and sometimes it's not even that we don't want people in our business. We don't want other people to know we're struggling. The problem is that hiding our struggles keep us from healing them. Read the scripture again. James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This isn't forgiveness. God does the forgiveness, and a lot of times how he heals and gets us past those things is this. I do this together. The enemy wants us so badly to keep what's going on in the dark. In the dark, you only get to hear his voice. In the dark, he can manipulate it. In the dark, what you've done turns into who you are. There's shame built up. There's all of this thing. But when I drag it into the light, that's where healing happens. And this is one of the reasons why we have our baptism Sundays the way that we do. It's why we have people share their story Because I want them to understand that God is rewriting it. And the places where you used to feel shame, you can now experience the redeeming power of Jesus as he works all things for good. You may not experience all the good right now, but we can pull that stuff that we've been ashamed of, the stuff that we're disappointed in ourselves, the things that have become our identity. We can pull that into the light and say, no more. No more. This isn't who I am. This, this is what I did, but Jesus changed me. And I'm so excited because next Sunday is our next baptism Sunday. So you'll get to see and experience even more people going public with their stories. You see, the enemy's power to shame us should diminish as we bring it into the light under the power of God's forgiveness and grace. But again, the forgiveness piece I'm good with, the healing piece is hard. What will people think? Will they look at me different? Will they not want to sit with me? Will they stop walking with me? And so it's important to note James's recommendation isn't that you tell everyone. It's not, James didn't say, Post on your social media all of the struggles that you're facing. James said, confess 
to one another. Not everyone. Find you someone that you can trust. Find someone that you know is doing life with you, that you walk out together. Be smart about this. And if someone shares something with you, if they come to you and they're like, hey, I, I need to be honest about what's going on in my world. Here's what I'm struggling with. As they say this, sometimes I, well, PK, I don't, I don't know what to say. How do I respond? Handle it with the same forgiveness and grace that God extends to us. And if you can't really remember that, just think about what, what do we do here as a church? What's, what's on the wall outside? We reach with courage and we restore with love. And if you can't find the right words, I'm not sure what to say, try to find the same words that our Heavenly Father would use. And so you can look at Romans chapter 8 and just say, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. There, there's no condemnation. You can share, there's, there's no condemnation. Living for Jesus, if you're confessing your sins, there might be conviction where you need to confess, but there is never condemnation. If someone trusts you with what's going on in their world, don't, don't pray for them with other people without their permission. And that's the nice way of saying, stop talking about people behind their back. If someone is sharing their struggle with you, well, pastor, I'm just trying to, I'm just praying for them. No, you're gossiping. And just because you know some of the truth doesn't make it not gossip. And that is a sin. No matter how spiritual you want to paint it, it still is sin. And how dare you take what someone brought to you for healing and turn it into hurt. Hurt that they will blame on God when God had nothing to do with you running your mouth. Life change and growth happens in the context of relationships. We get sharper together as iron sharpens iron. But there's tension in that. It's tough. Most of us would, would like to become sharp without others sharpening us. But the good part about people helping us become better and who we're supposed to be is it's like spiritually you have people around you that will tell you when you have stuff in your teeth. Have you ever came home and realized you had stuff in your teeth all day and no one said anything? I was in a meeting with Pastor Darius. He didn't say one thing. <laughs> cool. I walked by Pastor Tasia, smile real big, hope you have a good day. Didn't say one thing. You get home and you're like, where are the people that care about me? How are they going to let me look like this? If we will walk with people, then not only do we have people that will tell us when we have stuff in our teeth, but when we have stuff in our words and in our hearts, 
than our actions. That when what we're saying isn't, saying who we are and who we're supposed to be isn't lining up with our actions, they will help us and encourage us and even challenge us. And we're like, yeah, I want to sharpen, yeah. Everyone wants to sharpen. <laughs> Almost none of us want to be sharpened. We don't want, we want, I don't want the rub. Stop pointing out my stuff. But that's how we get more like who Jesus says we are. That's how we walk it out. Find the right people to do that with. Uh, after I gave my life to Jesus, when we talk about life change happening in the context of, of relationships and growth happening, like I'm here today because of a couple of people. A lot of people like have poured into my life, but there are two names that I can circle back to. One is my cousin Tony who invited me to go to church. We used to get into trouble together. He took me to church with him. We gave our lives to God together. It was incredible. And then after that, as I'm trying to figure out how to walk this thing out, I meet another guy. And I didn't even know we were going to be friends. I just knew. Here's what I knew about him. I knew if you needed money, he would loan people money. And that loan sometimes was a gift. And so my cousin needed some money, so we went and I met a guy by the name of Mike Hansel. And what I didn't know was that was the beginning of an incredible friendship where I would show up to his house. He left the door unlocked, so I'm always coming inside, sitting on the couch, doing life together. We started hanging out more, reading the Bible together. We started doing Bible studies with other guys. I didn't even realize what was happening. I was growing. Life change, growth, relationships were what happened. It was because I was with people. And here's why with was always the plan. Just a portion of it. When we look at what was happening in Acts, here's what verse 47 says. Not only were they doing all the other stuff, all the while they were praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Watch this. Each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. With was always the plan. Because when we get with right, when we do this, it is magnetic for people around us. Because we desire to be with people. We desire to be seen and known and loved and accepted. When we get with right, the people around us are like, whoa, what's happening? I want to be a part. I want to be with you because I see you with all of this. And I want that together. With is magnetic. We see God taking this group of people that had no business being together other than Jesus and multiplies it. Not once a year, not once a month, not once a, a week, every day. Every day people were looking and they found it. They were looking for the answer. They were looking for hope. They were looking for something. And then they met this group of people who knew Jesus. when we're willing to walk out life, walk out who we are, show people who Jesus is, and we become a reflection of him, it offers this invitation to not just be a part of a church, but to become family. Become a family that Jesus is the head of. To be a part of his family. That's what with does. It makes space 
for me, for you, for those around us. And maybe you haven't experienced that kind of community. You haven't experienced that kind of relationship because you haven't began a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you had one and, man, it was, it was strong and, and things begin to change. And what you wanted Jesus to do, he wasn't doing. And so you stopped your relationship with him. So you tried other things. Maybe you've been working on you doing what you could do to make yourself better, but it just hasn't quite worked out the way that you thought. Maybe you've been carrying everything on your own. All of the weight of life, the weight of sin, and man, you're tired. Jesus said, if that's where you find yourself, you can come to me and I'll take the heavy stuff Let's exchange loads and you can walk with me and experience life with me. Life that gives you rest. Today he can give you strength. He can be your hope. There is a life that he has just for you. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? And maybe today that's you. You say, man, I I need to establish or reestablish a relationship with Jesus. PK, that's me. Just, just raise your hand and make eye contact with me. And if that's you this morning, say, man, I need a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, I see those hands. I see those hands. Anybody else? Man, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Would everyone in the room, would you just stand with me? There's a group of people that are going to make their way down now. They're going to be ready to pray with and for people as they respond. There were four or five different hands that went up all across the auditorium. Whether you raised your hand or you not, if there's something that you're like, ah, that was for me, man. I, I, I need relationship with Jesus. Would you be brave enough today to step out from your seat and come down here? Say, I'm moving away from who I was, who I used to be. I'm going to walk towards Jesus. If that's you, we're just going to wait a couple of moments. There's this change that needs to happen. You feel it. Step out from your seat. Come down here. Jesus has something new for you today. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Who else today? That was me. I need something different. I need that relationship with Jesus. Who else? Who else? We're just going to wait a moment longer. Who else? Say, PK, that was me. You don't have to leave here the same way that you came in. Everything can change. If that's you, and you're still like, oh, not sure. At any point during response before you leave, man, come find me. Come find one of these people down here and they'll pray with you. But if you need to respond to all of the other things, maybe with has been a struggle. You've been doing life on your own, all alone, and 
you need to just move from where you are and say, God, I'm, I'm, I need to be with. Help me to do that. Give me courage to talk to people, to, to say yes and to give invites, what, whatever it may be. We're just going to allow time for you to spend time together in the altar. Bring somebody with you to come and pray with you. But as the worship team sings, you can respond to what God is saying to you. Our prayer is that this message impacted you. We would love to hear your story and have you partner with us financially as we work to spread the life-changing story of Jesus. You can do this at newvisiongrandview.com.